We're not on screen yet. There we are. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the 8 O'Clock Spot live here on the Grid Network's YouTube channel and Twitter account. As always, I'm your host slash moderator slash judge, Bryson Carver. Very excited to be with you on this episode 21. Uh, a little bit of a rocky start production-wise, but we are here in the building. Uh, we got three fantastic panelists, including the defending champion and the points leader, Mr. Mike Guido, who has some explaining to do. Mike, uh, how are you doing? And please explain yourself and explain to America what we've been discussing for the last 10 minutes. Aye, aye, aye. Well, listen, Bryson, I'm, I'm, I, I appreciate you uh, a disclaimer that uh, he said, listen, you can go off for as, you know, you can go off on this topic for as long as you want. And I wouldn't take any points away from you. So it was very, it, listen, you, you showed a lot of humility there, I, Bryson. I, I give you a lot of credit for that. Yes, of course. Um, but I compared Josh Allen to Kobe Bryant in our grid group chat. And I didn't do, I, listen, I did not say, by the way, I did not say that their legacies can be compared. I just said that the Bills and the Lakers similarly had to live and die by the good and the bad that both brought. That's all, right? Josh Allen would be able to make the big play. Uh, you know, listen, when he's throwing the ball off his off his back foot in front of three defenders into triple coverage and it's incomplete or it gets intercepted, everybody's just like, what the hell is Josh Allen doing? But when that pass gets completed, Everybody thinks he's Superman. Kobe Bryant was the same way. When his back was turned to the basket and he was taking shots and triple coverage and everything like that over guys' heads and it would hit the side of the backboard, guys were just like, listen, why, is, why doesn't Kobe ever pass? But then when it went in, you're just like, oh, well, that's why he doesn't pass. It's That's all I'm getting at. Jeez, Louise. Everybody's getting on my case. I, the amount of times I've had to explain this to people is insanity. <laughs> Tim Barnard, how are you doing, sir? <laughs> it sounds like I'm doing better than Mike. Um, Everybody's doing better than me. <laughs> I will say, you know, I, I'm wearing, I'm spotting my, you know, Patriots cutoff uh, sweatshirt for the greatest coach of all time because I know that it's coming to an end. I, you know, respect Bill. I am grateful for all the memories that he gave. But at the end of the day, whether – you know, I know a lot of people, you know, don't want it to happen, but I hope it does happen because the time has come. It's up. Bring in. I know we're going to be talking about it later, but bring in Mike Vrabel. It, it, it sure seems like all signs could be pointed that way. Obviously, we will get to that in our second uh, segment. Finally, to you, uh, multi-time Grid Network, 8 o'clock spot contributor, Dylan Lima. Dylan, how you doing, my man? Doing well, doing well. Um, I, I'm As much as I, I like to... Agree with Mike in certain ways. Um, at least Kobe has is clutch and has won five championships in his career, unlike Josh Allen. So it's kind of tough to compare the two. But um, overall, I'm doing great. Besides that, yeah, yeah. It's it, I can't believe we got the we got some of the the Celtics and Red Sox fans out here taking up for Kobe. And, and, and you got to it's 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 odd. It, it's an odd day in the eight o'clock spot. It's the new year, obviously. So it, we're, we're all trying to. to I adjust. literally just said it, not. We already had your turn, Michael. You had your turn. Listen to me. Zip it or I will take points away. If you had your chance, you explained yourself. We'll move on. Before we get into our first segment, let's look into the leaderboard for the eight o'clock spot. There is Mike Guido with a pretty commanding lead right now over second place Barry Grant Jr., the two co-founders of this grid network. Alfred Parser Jr., followed by Devin Nettles, John Rivera, Dalton Brown, Adam Bessie, Ryan Flowers, Anthony Bessie, 
Uh, there you are, Dylan, Alex Johnson. There's Tim uh, Barnard uh, on the leaderboard last week and Eric Van Letten right there at the bottom. So before we get into our first take as well, or our first uh, segment rather, let's look at our first round rules. It's pretty simple, folks. A great take gives you 200 points. A good take gives you 100 points. An okay take gives you 50. And a bad take, you come home empty-handed, zero points. A champion was crowned last night in Houston, Texas. Jim Harbaugh led the Michigan Wolverines to their first title, their first uh, outright college football national championship in virtually three decades. Michigan ran for over 300 yards against the Washington Huskies in a 34-13 W for Michigan. They were able to cap off a 15-0 season and win the national championship. But there's been a lot of buzz. Jim Harbaugh, we know his history being in the National Football League as a head coach with the San Francisco 49ers. And there's a lot of buzz given how many openings there are that he could take another uh, one of these open jobs. Washington, Atlanta. I even heard Tennessee briefly floated today. So I'll start with you, Mike Guido. Does Jim Harbaugh, after this national title win, go back to the NFL? I think he does. And I I think it's a tough decision for him because I, the feeling that I get from Jim Harbaugh is that he genuinely loves Michigan. Like, I, I really don't think that this is going to be like, oh, well, won my national championship. All right, now I'm out. No, I, I he built something there. He did what he wanted to accomplish, but that doesn't mean that he wants to, to immediately leave. Um, listen, he hired that agent that a lot of NFL head coaches hire to get these NFL head coaching jobs. That has something to do with, uh, with where I'm at here. Um, but also you got to keep in mind of what Jim Harbaugh really is. I was talking to grid co-founder, my good buddy, Barry Grant Jr. We all know him. I was talking about this with him the other night. And I was saying like, listen, Jim Harbaugh is a builder. You know, he likes to build programs and franchises from the ground up. So not only do I think he could go to the NFL, I think he could go to the NFL and take on a poor job and make it a good one. Like, like I, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, if, if the bears had fired Matt Eberflus or something like that, or, or if he stepped in to go coach new England or something, and he just wanted to take his own guys instill his own philosophy where he had a lot of control I don't know that that would be against his wishes. So, listen, I I think Jim Harbaugh is likely going to the NFL. But, listen, it's going to be a tough decision for him because, like I said, I think he genuinely loves what he did there at Michigan. Yeah, I think he does too. And he's, you mentioned he's a builder. And obviously I think Chicago and Chicago is not as, as bad of a job as, as some might perceive, obviously the number one pick, they have another first rounder. We'll see what they do with Justin Fields and they, they finished the season relatively strong. So, but a potential job there, if he's interested in Chicago, you can bet your dollar that that they're going to move on from Matt Eberflus if necessary to bring in Jim Harbaugh, given his track record. Cause people forget San Francisco was a disaster when he took over, they make three straight NFC title games and he gets fired uh, after some disagreements with the front office in, in 2014. But good take my, Mike, I'm going to give you a good take there. Solid. I think Jim Harbaugh, there's a very good chance he goes back to the NFL. And uh, listen, he's going to be in a great position to potentially uh, make some noise if he does so, especially if he goes to the Chargers with Herbert. There's a lot of different options that he's going to have on the table. I anticipate he'll take a little bit of time off before he makes his decision. Tim Barnard, listen, you, listen, your your franchise could be in position to, to be in the running for Jim Harbaugh. We'll see again more of Mike Vrabel in just a second. But do you think Jim Harbaugh does indeed go back to the NFL after this national championship? You know what? I, I think it's I think it's kind of split because here's the thing. If he wants to go back to the NFL, in my opinion, he definitely should go with uh, the Chargers. I almost said San Diego just to force a habit. Um, but he definitely should go back to the Chargers because at the end of the day, that's the best quarterback, I think, of any team without a head coach right now in Justin Herbert. And as you brought up, Bryson, you know, no, the, no, no, when no, he no, took no. over, 
when he took over in San Fran, um, the char- the 49ers sucked. They were 6-10 and 10 in that season. Alex Smith was about to be out the door. His family wanted him to go somewhere else. And Jim Harbaugh was able to convince him to stay. Not only did he stay, Alex Smith just ha- revitalized his career. Because let's, let's not forget, Alex Smith sucked as a Niner before Jim Harbaugh got there. Even though he was the first overall pick, he was not good. And so with that, you know, I think that he needs to go to San Diego. But if he wants to stay in Michigan, there's two reasons why he's doing that. Number one, he's an alum. Absolutely, like you said, Mike, bleeds Michigan maze. And also, too, let's not forget, he has a contract extension. Even though his contract's up in 26, I think, he has a contract extension for 10 years at $125 million. I mean – that's a lot of freaking money. It makes him the highest paid college football coach in the country. So it's it's going to be a hard decision. And I agree. I think at the end of the day, he should take some time off. Probably will take time off. He mentioned that on uh, the post game. You know, he's like, we're pushing practice back till March. So I think it's going to be a tough decision at the end of the day. If he, I, I believe if he should jump to the NFL. And if he does, he should go to the Chargers. Yeah, I think he makes some great points. And again, with with Harbaugh, uh, obviously we're at the point like he's kind of the quarterback whisper. I mean, just just about everybody works with him. Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick had a couple of great seasons there, and the yeah. quarterbacks at Michigan. I, I was a big skeptic on JJ McCarthy. Like, man, can this kid play from behind? And we yeah. saw him put together that drive last week against Alabama and and play relatively well. Again, mostly led by the running game last night, but JJ McCarthy played well enough uh, to win that game last night. And you know that that's that's kind of what he specializes in is like like Mike mentioned, kind of developing culture, and like you mentioned, Tim, uh, developing uh, quarterbacks and Matt him with Justin Herbert. Herbert hasn't had really a guy to kind of develop him as a talent. He's kind of been very good since he came into the league, but hasn't really gone beyond that thus far. Maybe Harbaugh takes him to the next level. I'm going to give you a great take, uh, Tim Barnard. I think you laid out the options. Does he stay at Michigan? Obviously, uh, you mentioned the potential contract. I think that's an important point, too. Because I don't think, listen, Michigan is not offering him that if they don't think there's a threat that he couldn't go to the NFL. Like, they're get, they're bargaining against the league. It's not the other way around. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Finally, with you, Dylan Lima, does Jim Harbaugh stay at Michigan after this national championship? Chance to go back-to-back potentially, or does he go back to the National Football League? I'm going to take a strong stance on this. I think he's going back to the NFL. Um, If we're just going to talk about his stance in Michigan right now, uh, he stood on his promise. He brought Michigan a championship. That's something that you wanted to do from the get-go once he said, like, that was what he set out to do. And let's not forget, he had he was in some hot water this year. He got suspended twice, one in the beginning of the season, once in the middle in the middle of the season for uh, you know, for scandalous cheating reasons. And you know, although they still gave him the privilege to be able to coach during the playoffs, you're not gonna forget about that. If there's another scandal that ends up coming out again, you know, it's it's definitely gonna screw Hallbar's chances in the future of uh you know, moving back to the NFL or even if not, you know, I was not a better time to strike than coming off, you know, the best possible season you could have an undefeated season that ends with a championship. And I firmly believe every single coaching vacancy in the NFL, all those teams are going to be outbidding each other. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be a hundred million dollar contract. We've seen that with the Raiders. Hell, if Al Davis wasn't crying broken in, in um, you know, flying commercially, he probably would throw that money at him again. Uh, throw that same type of money at Harbaugh again. Uh, Chargers are a big possibility. Um, yeah, I think there's just so many different possibilities. And when you're at the height of, you know, the mountaintop essentially of uh, college, it's like I see him as a very competitive dude and someone that looked at his NFL stint and like, man, I came just short of winning the Super Bowl. 
why not cement my legacy and win a Super Bowl with the team, you know, whether it's building or taking an already decent team and bringing them there. You know, not many not many coaches can say that they've won both the national championship and a Super Bowl. So I, I think Harbaugh will definitely uh, strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, I think only in the current era, you bring up an interesting interesting point. I think only Pete Carroll in the modern era has won a national championship and a Super Bowl. So it's uh, it's, it's it's quite impressive what what Jim Harbaugh was able to do uh, across the board. I'm not gonna lie to you, I, I almost lost there for a second because Dylan, for the first like 30 seconds or so, you were full you're pulling a frozen Guido uh, on us right there. You're 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 going in and out on us, and so I, I thought that's a tribute to to Frozen over there. I thought I thought he I thought we were about to get like a return, and he you'd like transferred your powers or something. That was that was that was very interesting. But nonetheless, nonetheless, Dylan, I'm gonna give you a good take. Good take here out of this first round on Jim Harbaugh. I do. I, I agree with all y'all across the board. I think the the writing's kind of on the wall. Uh, you have to be obviously bringing in the the agent he brought in and the money that Michigan's offering. It feels almost inevitable at this point, especially him winning the national title game with all the the sanctions, uh, potential sanctions against Michigan coming down the pi- uh, the pipeline. Uh, it could be potentially devastating for for Michigan. So he's like, I'm gonna get out of here while I can uh, with the ring on my finger. So obviously, everybody, feel free to chime in the comment section. We'd love to hear your thoughts on our opinions and otherwise. Patrick Brown here at the Grid Network. He says, "What's good?" fellas have a great show tonight we appreciate that patrick and to all those out there watching and listening we appreciate you being with us on this tuesday night let's look at our second round rules as we go into our second round a great take gives you 400 points a good take gives you 200 points no k take gives you 100 and a bad take you come home empty-handed again with zero points everything gets double we had some pretty surprising news today regarding mike vrabel and the tennessee titans who decided to part ways uh the the titans firing uh, mike vrabel today after five seasons with the franchise despite the fact that just two seasons ago, he won the Coach of the Year award. But Tennessee feels like they're going into kind of a rebuild. There was a little bit of a power struggle between Vrabel, the new general manager, just really didn't see eye to eye. So both sides decided to part ways. And obviously, there's a given how low the coaching, uh, you know, potential coaching possibilities were for some of these teams. You know, you add Mike Vrabel to the mix, and that's a very attractive name on the market. So I'll start with you, Tim. I kind of, I think I know where you're going with this, but I'll ask you anyway. Who is the most, or where, rather, is the most likely destination for Coach Rabel? I think the most likely destination is imprinted right on my chest. I I think the New England Patriots are the team where he should go. And I think it all starts off, too, with just his relationship. And again, we all know Bill is just this, you know, stats, you know, uh, type of guy. He's not really a relationship builder, but Mike Vrabel is. Mike Vrabel not only is... I think 48 years old, he's young, he's played the game, he can relate to players, and you see it, the way he interacts with the guys. I mean, even the guys that he's coached and either plays against or retired, it's unbelievable. And the way that – I think it all – I think the thought all stems from when uh, he got inducted the Patriots Hall of Fame this past season. And during the Bills-Patriots game, he spoke at halftime and said, quote, I've been a lot of places. This is a special place with great leadership, great fans, great direction, great coaching. Enjoy it. It's not like this everywhere. I think that is a massive tell, not only to the fans to say, hey, listen, appreciate Bill, appreciate what you had. It's not like this everywhere. But also, too, I think it stems from, it also goes back to Robert Kraft and the Crafts and how much he respects and appreciates that relationship he has. He sat with them in, you know, in the box during that game. I can't imagine what was going through the minds of the Titans owners seeing their head coach, granted he, you know, inducted as a player, but seeing their head coach in the booth with uh, Robert and Jonathan. I, I mean, 
I think at the end of the day, he should go back to New England. Granted, it might be a little bit of a rebuild project, but that relationship he has with the Crafts, they are going to give him carte blanche. I, I am almost certain of that because not only do they want him, but because he's a part of the system. He's a part of what the Crafts know dating back to Bill Parcells. When they brought in the guy they didn't know and Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, you know, was – they didn't like him. They didn't get along with him, and that's why they brought in Bill Belichick because they had the relationship with him dating ten back seconds, to Parcells. So at the end of the day, it's got to be New England. Yeah, it definitely feels like, again, like I said earlier, the writing is a little bit on the wall. One thing I will say, though, that's at least interesting is the fact that some of the criticism with Belichick has has been the fact that he's you know been the de facto general manager, hasn't really been willing to give up the power. Is Mike Vrabel going to be the type of guy to say, hey, I'll let you all hire a general manager. I'll just focus, focus on the football side. That's something that could come into conflict. That might be part of the reason he left, or not, I shouldn't say left Tennessee, why they decided to part ways, him and the Tennessee Titans. But uh, nonetheless, the fit makes sense, and I, I had no idea about that quote from um, uh, from his Hall of Fame induction. That is a uh, definitely, it feels like a direct shot at the Tennessee Titans front office uh, when that occurred. So uh, there you go. So, Tim, I'm going to give you, put it up here, I'm going to give you a good take uh, for the same. I thought you did a solid job pointing out the points. Obviously, Vrabel's history history uh in new england and, and again too like it's you mentioned his youth you mentioned his, his his vigor and he's a culture builder we saw tennessee the players loved him but that tends to be the case with former players we see with dan campbell antonio pierce guys like that uh mike brable's taking it to a different level so uh he definitely commands the respect of a locker room so uh it is it is potential uh potentially a, a good thing for new england uh to you dylan where do you think is the most likely destination for coach mike brable as much as i would love for him to be with the patriots i i think that Bill will rather step down as GM and stay as strictly a head coach before he goes anywhere else. Um, I know Kraft is definitely very loyal, and obviously Bill has given him many championships and many reasons to keep him as the head coach. I mean, but, you know, as we're talking about Vrabel and there's a topic about Vrabel, I look at what he did with Tennessee. He always had a stout defense but not so great offense. So I think he will flip it and, oh, no. Can you hear me? Hello? I can hear you. You're back and frozen on again. We can hear you. What was the last part? Sorry, I'm I'm so mad at my connection. You were talking, no, you were talking. We we've heard you the whole time. No, you were talking about uh, you know, you said you'd flip it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he'll go with the Chargers because um he was very bulimic with uh offense when it comes to Tennessee. Um, and you know, you can't deny that the Chargers have such an explosive offense and most of their work is on defense. And since Vrabel specializes in defense, I think he'll be more than capable to be able to turn that unit around, uh, mess around with whatever money he's got to do to be able to bring in the talent to make the Chargers an actual competitive team that could compete for the long haul. So, um, and also not to forget they're in LA, a beautiful location, you know, everything you could possibly want is there. And they'll be giving him as as much money as Rabel could possibly want. So I think all signs point to him being on the Chargers. Yeah, that's that, that's definitely a great fit. And any any time that there's a head coach opening with a great quarterback or at least a very talented quarterback, those are always the most attractive because it's the hardest hardest position to get right. You can draft defensive backs, wide receivers, linebackers, even offensive linemen if you pick them pretty early on in the draft. But once you get that great quarterback, you don't want to lose them. And obviously, the, the Los Angeles Chargers very much have that. So uh, overall, across the board, Dylan, I'm going to give you a great take. I think you made a, did get a good job bringing up solid points uh, regarding the the fit there with Vrabel and, and what he's kind of going to look for. Because really, what you, if you think about it, and then no. 
no disrespect, obviously, to you or to Tim, but it feels like the Patriots are almost a worse version of what the Titans are right now. Would he want to inherit a situation that's almost identical to what he had, just the players aren't quite as good? Maybe he wants a clean slate. We'll see. Uh, but, Dylan, I'm going to give you a great take. Mike Guido, finally with you. Where's Mike Vrabel's next destination going to be? Where's it most likely to be? Well, first of all, I, I think that, you know, the one of the points that, that none of us have touched on yet is the the – you know, the weirdness of this whole thing. I mean, there were two years really of digression, I guess you could say, in Tennessee where you had back-to-back losing seasons. But I don't know that anybody ever attributed that to 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 Mike Vrabel's coaching job. I think a lot of people said, you know, listen, it's instability at quarterback. They had traded A.J. Brown, right? Like, this was a very weird situation. Um Coming from an understandable place, I guess. I guess Tennessee might want to go with a more offensive-minded head coach, maybe in the future with uh, with Will Levis coming up and all of that stuff. That's just speculation, but it's it's something that's been running through my head all day. Um, but as for where he should, uh, where he's going to go, I honestly think that I'm with Tim here. Um, I think it's likely to be New England because, uh, truth be told, I think I think Tim is right where. It just feels like it's the end for Bill Belichick in New England. I I don't know if he goes somewhere else. I don't know if he retires. I I don't know what it is. But it almost feels like it. And, and, you know, Tim might be able to to say something about this as well. But this has almost like an insider trading feel to it, right? Because earlier in the season, what you heard from the Tennessee Titan front office was – we expect Mike Vrabel to be here for a long time. They were all in on Mike Vrabel like two months ago. It, it, like, And how quickly things changed to now where he's fired, it almost sounds like maybe Mike Vrabel has an inside track of, listen, you know, it's, it's like when Doc Rivers wanted to go coach the Clippers, right? The Celtics didn't want to get rid of him, but Doc was like, listen, this is where I want to go. So let's focus on getting you there. So, I, that's kind of where this feels for me. I understand what you're saying, Bryson. It kind of feels like this is a a worse situation for him to go to. But again, I think Mike Vrabel is one of these guys where he can kind of flip the culture. He's a, he's a good mix of trying of of keeping what Bill Belichick has instilled in that organization for a 10 long seconds, time, Mike. and kind of I, I guess revamping it in a younger and tougher sense, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, no, it does. And and, and obviously that they kind of need like it feels like a little bit of, of Belichick. Like it's there get there comes a point in time where the, the message wears thin. Like that's that's often why Pete Carroll's been right. so much better with young teams than veteran teams, because eventually the messaging gets old after a while. Um and, and listen, it, it's it's quite uncommon. That's putting it mildly to have a coach there for as long as obviously as Belichick's been there. That's it, it's almost unheard of in today's uh NFL. You you have to go back to Don Shula, Tom Landry, George Howell. Like oh, these are the only guys that have had uh coaching careers with one team consecutively as long as yeah. as long as Belichick. Cast. So uh, I, th- I think you made some good points. And Mike, I'm going to wait, hang on. Let me make sure, make sure I get the point uh, total right uh, real quick. Okay. Mike, Guido, I'm going to give you a good take uh, once again for this segment. Uh, it's it, that the Doc Rivers thing actually does make sense. I could see that being a sort of a similar sort of uh, comparison in that regard, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, looks like we got a comment here by, uh, oh, by Barry Grant Jr. Let's see what he has to say, despite the fact he's not on the show. The best thing that happened to Vrabel is getting fired by the Titans. Man ran out of there like a man getting caught sleeping with someone's wife, LOL. He will be sought out like 
crazy. There's no question about it. He's Harbaugh is kind of an unknown quantity. We don't know if he's going to go to the NFL for certain. Uh, so that, that means right now, Vrabel is the hottest commodity on the coaching market. Obviously, sure. Ben Johnson, uh, guys like that. So we'll see what happens. Belichick, we'll see if he's a uh, he's available sooner rather than later. But uh, Patriots and Chargers, at least to me, make the most sense uh, to this point. Watch out for Washington as well. I could see that as a potential yeah. landing destination right. for him as well. All right, moving on to uh, a guy who, um, uh, well, actually, before we even get into that, let's talk about the third round rules. Let's talk about the rules before we get into anything. Everything gets doubled from the second round. A great take gives you 800 points. A good take gives you 400. An okay take gives you 200. And a bad take gives you zero points. Again, now to a guy that uh, Mike was just going crazy about earlier in the show, Josh Allen, who led the Bills to five <laughs> consecutive W's to get them to the playoffs, to the AFC East title, and maybe most importantly to the 2C, which would guarantee them at least two home playoff games. Buffalo getting a 21-14 to W against the Miami Dolphins. And listen, despite the fact that it was kind of an uneven season by Buffalo, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, hiring to fire their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, Josh Allen leading the league in turnovers, but then leading the league in, in, in rushing touchdowns. Kind of an up-and-down roller coaster season. Sean McDermott's job is, is on the line. So a lot happened for Buffalo this season, and now they're in the playoffs as the two-seed. So I'll start with you, Dylan. According to Vegas... Buffalo is the number two favorite behind Baltimore to win the AFC. Should they be? I'm going to say yes. And, you know, I mean, the Buffalo has definitely had their fair share, share of struggles. Josh Allen has definitely not been um, the same that we've had come to expect from him in previous years. However, Josh Allen is still a very good quarterback. He has plenty of playoff experience. He knows what it takes to be successful and at least make it deep. Sure, he hasn't made a Super Bowl, but he's at least gone to the AFC Championship. And you can't really say that about many of the quarterbacks in the AFC side. Um, they also still have a good running game with James Cook, who's a thousand yard rusher. You still got plenty of good receivers, especially with Stefan Diggs being the dog that he is. And then, you know, they still got Shakir, they got Gabe Davis, although they're not crazy names. Josh Allen has done wonders with you know them already and i could see them still continuing the only other two teams i could see having similar odds would be the chiefs and the dolphins and they're playing each other and the chiefs they're not the same animal they were you know even last year when they won the super bowl you know even though like they were showing like this decline they still want it i don't see that i don't see them repeating and then the dolphins they're limping in with all the injury struggles they have and on top of that it's looking like buffalo is going to play either one of those two teams come the divisional round if all things you know are expected to go in my eyes at least um so i think overall i think the bills have a great chance to make it to the super bowl if not for the ravens so yes yeah, and there's no question Baltimore's a favorite. I don't think anybody here would disagree with that. And listen, Buffalo's been playing as obviously they've been the hottest team in the AFC outside of Baltimore in the last month, winning and, and they've been kind of in the playoffs, so to speak, for the last month. They've had to win all these games in order to win their division. And frankly, if they had lost in the division and been the sixth seed, even if they were going to Kansas City, they have won there before, but you kind of trust the championship medal, the experience of Kansas City to potentially get the job done. Now, if those two face off, that, that thing's in Buffalo for the first time between Mahomes and Allen. So that definitely makes a big uh big difference. There's no question about that. So I'm dealing I'm to give you a good take uh, for this segment. Listen, Buffalo's been on some playoff runs. They've often gotten uh, shut out by the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and others. But listen, this is about a good good opportunity they've had given the home field component of it, at least until a potential AFC title game uh, matchup against Baltimore. So a good take there by Dylan. Mike Guido, should the Buffalo Bills have the second best odds to win the AFC? Absolutely. They absolutely should. And I, I, to be honest, it has less to do with how much I believe in the Bills. It has a lot to do with how little I believe in everybody else other than Baltimore. 
I, I think, you know, there are every other team that's in the AFC bracket, again, with the exception of Baltimore, have bigger concerns than I have with Buffalo, truthfully. I mean, listen, Kansas City, to me, this is not the Kansas City of old. They have got, they don't have a receiver that can consistently create separation. This is just not an offensive football team that I think can sustain itself in the playoffs. I just don't think that they can. You know, are you really going to tell me that CJ Stroud as a rookie is going to go on a run and go to the Super Bowl? Are you really going to tell me that Joe Flacco is going to go on a run with the Cleveland Browns? Like, there's a lot of things that you have to convince me of to, in order for me to knock Buffalo off. The truth of the matter is with Buffalo is that they're six and one since they fired Ken Dorsey as their offensive coordinator. They've been playing much better football in the second half of the season. Listen, they're bl they blew out teams like the Cowboys. I mean, like this is an offense that can get rolling. And listen, in a lot of these big games, like I said, you take the good with the bad with Josh Allen, but in a lot of these games, I mean, you just see it, especially in the second half of these games, he just becomes Superman. Like, it's just unbelievable some of the things that he can do. They've committed to running the football, which has become a huge difference maker for them because even when Josh Allen's not great, they can still find some sustainability in their offense. So I'm I'm all in on the Bills. I think they're one of two teams in the AFC bracket that can go to a Super Bowl. It's them in Baltimore. And that's really it. Like I said, I have a lot of questions going through the AFC bracket outside of Baltimore and Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, you make some fair points. And obviously, I believe that the odds go uh, Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City. And then I'm pretty sure it might be like Cleveland, Miami, kind of, you know, neck and neck. I think Cleveland's yeah. much better, a much better spot than Miami, but that's another discussion. Uh, listen, across the board, I, I, I see some of the things you're saying. I'm going to give you a if, if I want to make sure I get this right. Yep, I want to give you a good take uh, because the simple fact I don't know if Buffalo's offense is quite as good as you're giving credit for for the simple fact that they had that explosion against Dallas. They had a good start against Kansas City, but sometimes whether it's that kind of middle of these games, second, third quarters, they're either turning the football over, they're struggling to get to generate any offense consistently. And you got to realize if not for that long punt return, the 95 yarder, do they win that game against the Miami Dolphins? There's a lot of and props to them for making the plays. I'm not trying to, to, to act like they, they didn't deserve to win the game. They obviously very much deserve to win in the game um but listen there, there's there's certain things that i don't think this office can get quite as hot as as some other offenses but you know the, the, the point of sort of it's a by default type of situation given what's around them that's that it, it's a fair one so a good take by mike guido finally to you tim barnard i know you have a lot of love for the buffalo bills as a patriots fan uh but it, it, objectively should they have the second best odds according to vegas to win the afc now objectively i would answer the same way i would as if i was a Pats fan and that's no I honestly, the way they've been playing this season, yes, granted, they've had a good uh, end of season run, you know, since they fired Ken Dorsey again, six of one, I understand. But, you know, you have Baltimore and Kansas City have a better team defense than Buffalo. And Kansas City, Baltimore, and Cleveland have a better pass defense than Buffalo. And at the end of the day, it all settles on Josh Allen and the way he played on uh, Sunday against Miami and Bryson, I was going to bring up that point was if that 95 yard punt return does 95, 98 yard punt return doesn't happen. You know, do do does Buffalo win that game? And because let's not forget, Josh Allen has the most interceptions he's thrown in his entire career with 18 Buffalo is second in interceptions thrown as an entire team in the NFL. So, what I'm wondering is, do, can Josh, you know, play a clean game of football? And I don't believe he can. And in the playoffs, 
when you need to win, when this is a game that you have to win, whether it's at home or away, you have to take care of the football. At the end of the day, taking care of the football is a hell of a lot more important than, you know, sacrificing, um, you know, uh, obviously bad plays, right? You know, you, you want to make sure you take care and make good decisions, whether that's a check down or just a, you know, three-yard drag route. You know, stop trying to hit the home run when you don't need it. Also, not for nothing, this in Stefan Diggs is career in Buffalo. This has been his worst season by total yards and yards per reception. So again, we've all like, even dating back to last year, we've all talked about how Stefan Diggs has been at odds with either Buffalo or Josh Allen, not getting the ball, whatever it may be. So can that dysfunction, can that dysfunction carry on in the playoffs I, I, I don't believe it can. I don't believe they're the second best. At the end of the day, I don't believe that they, they ha- should have the second best odds. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, and obviously, and again, we obviously give them credit for winning that, those five straight games, and their defense has played a big part despite losing Matt Milano and despite losing uh, Tredavious White. Rasul Douglas, I don't think we're giving him enough love. But after he was traded from Green Bay, Rasul Douglas has played excellent football uh, down the stretch. This Bills running game has been good. But yeah, the Stephon Dix thing has been a story for a good two months now. Is it due to the new offensive change with Joe Brady coming in in place of Ken Dorsey? Uh, there's a lot of factors uh, in that regard. So Tim Barnard, I'm going to give you a great take. So you are the points leader. You are followed. Dylan Lima, you are going the final round, which means that Mike Guido is out of the final round. The defending champion and the points leader, Fiatic Hawks Fawn. I'm sorry, Mike. Um, yeah, for you today, buddy. Listen, it's a rare occurrence. It's all right. I can watch from the sidelines this time. Give the give the champ a little bit of a break. It's all right. Right, right, right. right of course. I mean, listen, LeBron can't make every finals every year, right? Yeah, that's true. It's very true. It's, I know you're a LeBron guy. I had to give you love. Okay, shout out Mike Guido. Uh, good, good performance tonight. Uh, before we move on to the final round, we got a few comments uh, right here. My man Philip Chenault says the Titans should be disbanded. Uh, I, I don't totally disagree with that, and I say that as somebody who lives in the great state of Tennessee. Uh, Barry Grant Jr., does Mike get minus 800 for his Josh Allen-Kobe Bryant comparison? Man should be arrested and put in sports jail. Uh, listen, I... I, I thought about it, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to give the, the benefit of the doubt because we all have a right to, to feel how we, how we want to feel. But I was tempted to, Barry. It was very tempted. It's a good thing you put me in the host chair rather than yourself. And then finally, the Grid Network. Subscribe to the Grid. Great shows, great take, great great takes, great guys. Dare to be different. Enter the Grid. Absolutely, 100%. Please subscribe to the Grid Network right here on YouTube. Let's get into our final round rules. It's just as simple as this, folks. It's winner go home. The winner gets 10,000 points. The loser comes home empty-handed, zero points we got some great playoff games this weekend one of my favorites though is going to be the green bay packers facing the dallas cowboys so green bay was three and six uh looked dead in the water and was able to go to go six and one in their final seven games to to get into the postseason jordan love playing about as well as anybody second in the nfl finished second <laughs> in the nfl in touchdown passes however the seven seed packers are about a touchdown plus underdogs to the dallas cowboys who are able to clinch the NFC East, Dak Prescott led the NFL in touchdown passes and was able to uh, lead the Cowboys to a, to one of the uh, more impressive offensive regular seasons, especially in regard to touchdown interception ratio. And Dak led the NFL in completion percentage. By the way, could have sworn Dak was this turnover machine and, and was was nowhere near a lead. That's not here nor there. I'm not even getting what's saying about Dak. It's about the Packers. It's about the Cowboys. I'll start with you, Dylan. What is more likely, a Packers upset win or a Cowboys blowout win? I'm I'm on the Cowboys blowout all the way. Let's be honest here. As much as the Packers have done decent this year, 
Um, I think that I thought they did better than expected. They, their offense, they I mean, yeah, sure. Jordan Love has pretty stats. He likes to spread the ball around, but let's be honest, their run game is terrible. Their receivers, they're all right. You know, there's really, there's no one that really stands out on that offense that scares me. Like, you know, we're looking at a team that had six of their nine games and single possession games that they've won six of nine. They've won. One of them was against the Panthers in a 33 to 30 game. The only game the Panthers scored 30 points all season. That's the team that's going up against the Cowboys on the other half where not only do you have an explosive offense with Dak having the best year of his career. CD lamb has 1700 yards on the season, more than the Packers top two receivers combined. Nine of their 12 wins have been 20 plus point games. Not only have they been winning their games, they're blowing everyone out. And I don't think it's going to be any different with this Packers team. I don't think they have enough gas that if the Cowboys go out ahead, they're just going to just stomp on the gas pedal and just burn them. I just don't see I just don't see in any world that the Packers can even make it a real competition, honestly. Yeah, and obviously, and you got to factor in as well the fact that Green Bay is one of the youngest teams we've ever seen coming to the playoffs, and Dallas obviously has a has a lot of veterans and some guys like Stephon Gilmore, for example, with with championship experience. Uh, Tim, finally with you, what's more likely, a Packers upset win or Cowboys blowout win? I feel like if for the way I've watched the Cowboys throughout my life, I my gut wants to tell me the Packers are going to get an upset, but at the end of the day, I got to go with my head. You know, I've got to go with the Cowboys blowout. Because as Dylan, you pointed out, yeah, the Stefan did, uh, Stefan, geez, um, CD Lamb has over 1,700 yards over the last final three games of the season. There's been nobody hotter than CD Lamb going for 32 catches, 443 yards, and three touchdowns. You know, the Packers are 16th in completion percentage and 31st in total uh, INTs as a, you know, takeaway. So I have no concern. And to the fact that Dak Prescott has only thrown nine touchdowns. He said at the start of the season, Dak Prescott, he said he will not throw more than 10 interceptions this season, and he lived up to it through 17 games. I couldn't believe it when I saw it myself. I thought it was hilarious. But also, too, to get on the Packers side of things, you know, their two best receivers, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Dobbs is day-to-day after getting injured against Chicago with that chest injury, and Christian Watson has missed the final five games due to a hamstring injury. And again, as probably a lot of us know as sports fans, when anything is soft tissue, you're, that uh, risk of re-injury is through the roof. And for somebody like Christian Watson, who's that deep threat type of receiver, you know, I that worries me if I were a Green Bay fan because there is a good possibility that he could re-injure uh, his hamstring. And so – I think at the end of the day, it, it's got to be the Cowboys blowout. Even though they had some bad losses, you know, uh, against Arizona and San Fran, I think it's got to be the Cowboys blowout. Yeah, and, and Dallas has been, uh, you know, Dylan, you brought this up, and Tim, you alluded to the fact that Dallas has got a lot in a, a blowout wins. They have nine twenty point plus wins this season. The entire NFC field in the playoffs has a combined seven. So when Dallas beats you, they they beat you up in, in many ways, shapes, and forms. And some of these have come against uh, pretty solid teams uh, this season. So uh, neither of y'all have won the 8 o'clock spot to this point, so we're going to have a new champion, the champion. And the winner this week at the 8 o'clock spot is... Dylan Lima, congratulations, Dylan. You are the winner of the 8 o'clock spot this week on episode 21.
You're a champion, Dylan. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. I'm finally, I'm glad I finally made it to, to this part. Um, I mean, like, I, I've been to the finals before. I've lost every single time. It was getting to the point that, man, am I going to be like the Buffalo Bills and just be winless? But, um, you know, luckily I finally pulled one out and uh, finally could put 10,000 plus on my uh, my leaderboard now. Yeah, this is, this is why we love the, the final round, the 8 o'clock spot, man. It can really put you up there in the standings. There's no question about that. Uh, you put up a good performance as well, Tim. We'll put Mike back into the, uh, the back of the chat. I always ask the person who gets eliminated, did I make the correct decision, Mike Guido? Uh, listen, I, I, I think it could have gone either way. I think it was the, both both fighters brought, I think they're, uh, brought their A game tonight. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you made a pretty decent call here. Listen, I, welcome to the 10K club there, uh, there Dylan. Again, uh, courtesy of your uh, – of your points leader. No question about it. Everybody's great. Today. Before we even get out of here, I do want to say, listen, the NFL playoffs start this weekend. We are all very, very excited here at the grid network. I'm just going to quickly go across the board. Just to, we're not going to waste any time here about who's going to win this year's Super Bowl. Tim in this playoff bracket, who's winning the Super Bowl? I got to go with the Niners. Okay. How about you, Dylan? Give me the Ravens. All right, Mike. I don't know that anybody can consistently beat the Niners. I think it's them. Okay, two Niners, one Ravens. They really went on the limb there. The two, the, the, we went with the one seed. So, but listen, we got the two one seed last year in the Super Bowl, so we'll see what happens. Very exciting playoffs ahead. Very exciting to the episode today of the 8 o'clock spot. That is it for this week's edition of the 8 o'clock spot live here in the Grid Network. Check us out next Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time, right here on the Grid Network's YouTube channel and on Twitter. Shout out to Tim and to Mike. Congratulations to Dylan for winning this week's edition of the 8 o'clock spot. Hope everybody has a great week. College football